real mix of emotions when I see the youth movement against climate inaction snowballing. I think mainly it just gives me real hope. And of course, it's exciting and motivating, but it is also humbling. Um, it does make me very aware of how I should have really been doing this when I was their age and not just coming to it later on in life. But this episode's conversation does address that head on and points out that there's just no time for guilt. We've all got to now live in and for the moment and pull together if we are going to turn this thing around. And of course, this is a hugely significant week because youth climate groups and school strikers around the world have now called on everybody to join them this Friday, which is the 20th of September, and indeed next, to stage the first ever global strike for climate. So it's just really starting to feel like young people aren't just getting organised, they're actually now starting to call the shots. I'm Verity Sharp, your host for Climate Crisis Conversations, a series called Catastrophe or Transformation. And today we're going to hear a chat between psychotherapist Caroline Hickman and a young activist from the Youth Climate Alliance in Bath in England. Her name is Martha Stringer. And this conversation went on for quite a long time um, and it took some very brilliant and engaging turns. So rather than whittle it all down, we've decided to cut it in half and we're going to put it out for you over two episodes. So enjoy. Here's part one. So, hi, Martha. Thanks for coming along. Thank you for having me. Do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us who you are. Yeah, so my name's Martha Stringer. Um, I'm 19, I live in a village near Bath and I finished school last year and I've been doing an art foundation before starting university and this year I've started getting involved with the climate movement so I've been quite involved with Extinction Rebellion and went to the London International Rebellion, it was amazing Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also in Bath Youth Climate Alliance which is sort of local youth group and um, yeah, our main aim is organising school strikes. Mm-hmm. And I've, okay. I've been to some of your meetings, um, and I'm really impressed at the different ages yeah. of the young people yeah. involved. Yeah, there's quite a range, and it's really amazing. There's especially one kid who's, I think he's 13 or something, and he's like he spends all his spare time emailing politicians and doing research into like legal stuff and he understands stuff I can't get my head around really um and he I just have so much respect for him because he's you know he could be playing xbox like his mates but he this Mm. is what he cares about Mm. he knows this is the most important thing to spend his time on well Um, I and and I definitely got that from coming to those meetings mm. the other thing I really noticed in your meetings was how respectful you are to each other and how you help each other yeah so you you make sure that everybody has a chance to talk for example it's really shared well I think it's um I think we all just are so happy to have other people to talk to about it Mm. um but we sort of adopt Extinction Rebellion's model mm. for facilitated discussion. So they have like hand signals for um, like agreement or mm. disagreement and you have to put your hand up to talk and there's somebody who facilitates and sort of tells someone to shut up if they're talking too much. Mm. Or, but yeah, I think we kind of all recognise everyone's got something valuable to contribute. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, I really enjoy the meetings. It's sort of exciting kind of getting stuff done. I agree. and it's But that's weird, isn't it? Because it's a mixture of feelings. Because on the one hand, it's really exciting getting involved in stuff like this. Mm. But on the other hand, we wish we didn't have to. 
Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. And you said something in your email when we were arranging to meet up about, you know, you were having to use the car. Yeah. <laughs> what was it you called it? it was... Cognitive dissonance. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's I kind of I see my whole life as a bit of a sort of mental battle between you know what I'm doing and the environmental impacts of that and sort of it's constant compromises um but I've had periods of feeling really depressed about it but Mm. I think it's like what Greta says that action brings hope so it's really nice to just actually be doing something and that's when you'll finally feel a bit better about it so what is it that being part of those meetings gives you it gives me community Mm. so however cynical I could be about um, how much impact it's actually going to have these school strikes, which I think it will. Like I, th- I'm, I really believe in people power, and it's been amazing yeah. how much media attention we've got. And, you know, it's been great. Um, but even beyond that, just having people who are really like-minded to talk to about it, and I know that they are kind of going through the same experiences, and also the fact that they're the same age as me, because mm. um, I think the stereotype of an environmentalist is sort of middle-aged or old crazy hippie person who I you know really like and relate to those sort of people as well but um it's just really nice I think all through school I felt like I was the only one that cared Mm. and I kind of it was really depressing and I Mm. just couldn't really believe it um and I mean it's kind of frustrating for me that this has happened the year after I left school Mm. and suddenly all the kids are coming out and shouting about it but yeah it's just it's just really amazing to have people who also have this very threatened future and kind of we're, we're in it together I guess the other young people I've talked to talk about that future differently to mm. us old hippies you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know? Yeah. Um, you weren't actually saying I was a weird I old hippie but not. you were not at all but <laughs> it's fine I don't mind if I am um, but there's a difference isn't there in terms of our ages and I'm wondering, you know, if you think that's really different for you as opposed to people of my sort of age or... Yeah, well, I think I think the issue is that we've known about climate change 30 years and... Or it's, longer. Yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah. And it's been one of those things that um, everyone's been panicking about and saying, oh, you know, it's a big deal, we need to worry. But because people haven't been seeing maybe at least close to home people haven't been seeing climate change really affecting their lives Mm. that was you know it's not a problem it's fine it's oh it's just them talking about climate change again it'll be fine what are they on about um and we're really getting to crunch time now Mm. you know the ipcc Mm. report was uh, 11 years now before tipping point um so i kind of i think our generation has a slightly different more urgent way Mm. of looking at it Mm. um i also have kind of i've come across older environmentalists who i sort of feel is almost doing it as a bit of a last laugh Mm. (laughs) and they're not um they they kind of i think they're quite nihilistic and think we're gonna keep fighting for it but we're gonna be dead (laughs) right um that must be hard for you to hear it's really hard. It's really hard because 2050, I'll be 50. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's... People can't... I, it's really hard, for I think, for humans to think about the future. Yeah. I find it really hard to think a year ahead, let alone yeah. that far ahead. Um, but it's just really scary to think about the sort of world I'm going to be living in. Mm. 
Yeah, and I, I just think our generation are having to deal with a lot more. Like, I have friends, and myself, actually, who are sort of really battling with the whole, should I have children? Mm. Yeah. Um, which is just the maddest thing. Yeah. Um, because to be alive is to facilitate life for the next generation. And, you know, people say the best thing you can do for the planet is not to have children. Really? Who says that? If you, well, it's just... It's just one it's of those just things. one of those things people right say. Now. Which right. is a slightly depressing thing to say because it basically is, you know, humans are parasites on this earth and it would be better if you weren't alive. Because <laughs> okay. there's so many of us. Okay, I get um, that. Yeah, that's, that's a particular argument, isn't it? Yeah. You know. So, so it's sort of... It's sort of two... It's, there's two aspects to it because there's don't have children because mm. no matter how environmentally minded they are they're still going to consume they're still mm. going to create mm. create more environmental issues mm. um so there's that but there's also you know what kind of life is my kid going to have i i mean it, it i it's hard for me to really imagine what that must be like for you really because you know when i was your age when we were thinking about do i have children or don't i have children it was just a completely different question we were asking ourselves yeah it was more do i have them before you know i get my promotion or do i have them before yeah. Yeah. i get married <laughs> or you know that you just, i think women always have the question of do i or don't i have children yeah but course. yours has got a particular focus now that maybe kind of over sees everything else yeah well it it just sort of feels like it's a massive massive mm. sacrifice um and it's a thing that to sacrifice to have them or not have to them? not have them to not have them because i i mean i just think it's part of the human experience right you know like you're being part of that life okay. creation okay. force and i i also i you know i think humanity is beautiful and humanity mm. is a, we're animals and it's natural and we've got beautiful diversity and mm. you know yeah um but it's the systems that we're in we're mm. destroying the planet sure um people are on birth strike Right. <laughs> because overpopulation is the biggest driving force and is um, mm. exacerbating every single environmental issue we have. So I guess the difference here is maybe in the past women and men chose not to have children for personal individual reasons. But now what you seem to be saying is that it's a collective decision and there's large numbers making that choice. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a minority of people at yeah. the moment, of course, but... Um, yeah. I, it's good. It's always going to be. It's going to be a consideration, and mm. I think by the time I get to the age where I'm going to be thinking about having children, it's going to be even more so. I mean, it's interesting because my even my parents they're very environmentally minded, and they had the same worries. Right. Twenty years ago. Because mm. I think you can think about it lots of different ways. I've heard other young people say they don't want to bring children into a world where there are no polar bears. <laughs> you know, yeah. and. It's not just about individual survival, but it's also, I think you said this a minute ago, what sort of world mm. will we be looking at living in yeah. by 2050 yeah. anyway? Well, I mean, if you, look at, if you look at predictions of, you know, if we carry on as we are before degrees warming, it's like there'll be mm. mass migration, there'll mm. be huge um, droughts mm. and floods forests fire. like it it looks completely apocalyptic it looks grim doesn't it it looks awful yeah and would i wish that on anyone i don't know if i would do you mind if i ask you how you feel about facing that yourself terrified mm. i mean there's part of me that as much as i expose myself to the facts and 
and learn about it and think about it, part of me just still can't imagine it. Yeah. I just can't quite believe it. Because mm. cause there's part of me that's like, if it's true, why are we all screaming about it? Mm. And there's also, it's, it's really weird because this has kind of come about in the time of my life where I've, I'm just becoming an adult and sort of realising the adults don't have the answers anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, that happened a few years ago. I was like, <laughs> okay, now, now, I don't, now they don't have the answers anymore and these, right. these are the sort of existential questions. <laughs> um, that, that moment of sort of thinking the adults don't have any of the answers. I mean, I know when I sort of went through adolescence myself, I went through a whole period of thinking, well, they don't have those answers. Mm. But I think I probably still thought they had some answers, or some adults did. Yeah. But I'm wondering if you um, are thinking, and be honest, Mm. I'm wondering if you're thinking that there's no adults have any answers. I'm, I'm wondering if it can feel as, like, abandoned as that. I'm hopeful that there are, between us, mm-hmm. we have the answers. Mm-hmm. There's so many people working on this and scientists, and I really do think that the, the science is there to build a better world. But the drive to do it and this sort of systematic biases I guess what do you think gets in the way <clears throat> why don't people actually do it I I think people don't want to acknowledge it right um, and also it's, it's so scary to start acknowledging it because mm. as soon as you start unpicking it it's like wow this is seriously massive massive it's not only you know it's social change it's political change we basically need to overthrow capitalism as far like as far as I can see and that's so scary mm like it's it's mostly the sort of constant growth obsession with constant growth and how any kind of halt to that growth would be seen as a regression um we kind of we're a bit obsessed with how we're always getting better and improving and bigger and better and growing and it's impossible mm. on one planet mm. well uh, we're seeing the impact of that aren't we Yes, we are. You know, so I agree with you that that constant drive for growth and bigger and better and more and more and more, there's some kind of perfectionism in there, there's some sort of egotistical arrogance in there, there's a kind of need to control in there. Mm. I mean, for me, I think some of the worst parts of that are the way the, the natural environment, the, you know, we've destroyed and controlled and annihilated nature. Yeah in the name of that progress so for me it doesn't feel like progress it feels Not like at all. you know we've we've sort of devastated our own home yeah i mean we're just totally blinkered and i think we totally need to change like reevaluate our priorities <laughs> you know because even you know the material wealth that we're so obsessed with we're completely destroying the very foundations of that wealth you know, like, what intelligent species would destroy its only home? Oh, are you saying we're not an intelligent species? Well, we like to think we are, don't we? Yeah, we do, we do. We like to think we are. But we're not behaving intelligently, are we? We seem to be sort of blindly... But we're not blind. Like, we're knowingly just mm. walking into this catastrophe. Mm. So why are we doing this? I really want to know what you think. Why do you think people do this? You're absolutely right. This has been known for decades. Um, and you're absolutely right some people have been panicking for decades mm. a lot of people haven't a lot of people no. have been completely asleep and oblivious uh, and still are less so we've mm. got a lot more people who are engaged now but why? What, what, what do you think? 
I think part of it is it's a massive social taboo to even talk about the environment because as soon as you start talking about it, it becomes like a personal attack. And people... You said that before and I didn't quite understand. An attack on who? I think in terms of... When you're, dis- when you're discussing environmentalism... Yeah. I think people get quite protective or competitive in who's better, who's being more environmentally minded, who's... Oh, okay. And um, I think it stops conversations about climate change because nobody's, nobody is the perfect environmentalist. No. And so people are scared of even beginning to be an environmentalist because they're scared of being um, accused of being a hypocrite. Oh, so, like, because we can't get it right, we'd rather just not try at all. Yeah, I think I think because because it's so overwhelming, all the things sure. we've got to do, it's like, I can't even... I don't even know where to start. Yeah, we yeah. just don't know where to start. Yeah. And so they don't start. It's like, they can't commit to being vegan, mm-hmm. so they just carry on eating loads of meat. OK. Instead of just cutting down. It's yeah. like, we don't need... We don't need a million people doing zero waste perfectly. We need the whole world to do it imperfectly. You know, do your best. I love that. I love that idea about the imperfect environmentalist. Because there is no perfect environmentalist. No. Like, well, you're, yeah. you're living, breathing, consuming, eating. Like, yeah. you can't be perfect. Really? So, and yeah. I th- I've kind of learned this personally, sort of giving myself a really hard time about all the things I do. Yeah. But that, that shouldn't be a reason not to do what I can and yeah. not to try and not to be constantly a work in progress. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it just scares people to even, like, open that Pandora's box mm. um, on an individual level. And I think the other thing is people want to blame someone, blame the man, blame big corporations, <laughs> yeah. Get, yeah. blame the government. And I kind of feel that as well mm. because I think it's so unfair for individuals that you just can't make a single decision without making some kind of compromise environmentally. Yeah. Like, if you think about food shopping, sure. you know, it's, it's made physically impossible for us to make a good ethical decision. <laughs> Why is that, you know? It's like we are forced to destroy the planet in order to feed ourselves and our families, and we have to choose between plastic packaging, pesticides, mm. air miles, GM. Mm. It's like, why, mm. why is it more expensive for mm. us to buy locally sourced yeah. organic vegetable yeah. than something that's been sprayed with pesticides and shit from the other side of the world. Like, who is making the money there? there mm. th- I think there are some really evil, <laughs> evil, ver- I think just greedy and very short-sighted yeah. Yeah. people yeah. who are have a lot of influence. So I'm angry about those people. <laughs> totally, I, I get that. It is bonkers. It's completely bonkers. It's like the world is rigged for it to be impossible for us to be to make good decisions. Mm. You know, we should be. It should be facilitated. It should be the automatic thing mm. that we offset our flights. You know, there should be a. It's like tick to not offset your flights, yeah. or um, you know, it should it should be yeah. made the automatic decisions for us. And instead, it's if you want to be a good person, you have to make so much effort. Yeah. Yeah. And we're being tripped up at every single turn. And I, I kind of, part of me, sort of the conspiracy theorist in me, is like there are, there's just a few horrible men <laughs> who, who own the oil companies and, and just are greedy and they don't see it. Mm. They don't see what they're doing. Because that's the crazy thing. Do you thing, think they don't see it? Do I honestly they, think they don't see it? They can't. I think they see it. 
But then their children's futures is just, you know, the entire planet is threatened by this. I don't think they care. But why would you not care? I, I just, I think they don't care because they, they don't believe it. Do you really think so? I mean, you know, the big oil companies have known. They've had reports decades back predicting mm. exactly what's happening today. Yeah. So they knew. And that's what a lot of the Tell the Truth is about, isn't it, mm. with Extinction Rebellion? It's like, they knew. They knew. They but knew. they're doing nothing with it. And They've done nothing with it. But I, I just fundamentally just must be money and greed. Because why would, why would they keep doing it? Well, it, it, I think money and greed is a huge bit of it, of course. Uh, no question. But obviously, being a kind of, you know, psychotherapist, mm. I kind of wonder also about their psyche. I wonder what type of person does this because you know money can motivate everybody but not everybody's going to do what they've done so I kind of wonder about their psyche and I kind of think is it about control Mm -hmm. that you know it's like that whole thing about controlling the environment and controlling the world and controlling women and controlling children that you know there's that kind of misogyny Mm -hmm. you know running through that that you know and needing to control and tame but Everybody. I would understand that control if it wasn't going to negatively impact them as well. Well, maybe they're just going to move to New Zealand and not care. But they can't keep running forever. <laughs> what, you mean I we'll just, find them? <laughs> New Zealand will be ravaged by wildfires. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of... With these people who own the big oil companies and the people that really are just not hearing it, I wonder whether the thing to do is force them to see it. So with the Nazis after the mm. war, the war mm. criminals, they were forced to go to Auschwitz and they were sh- shown it. Right. And I kind of think, you know, even the Nazis, they were humans and they just were shutting off that bit of their brain to the sort of moral... Yeah, it's like turning a blind eye, isn't were, it? Where you just ex- don't exactly. see it. But you kind of... The thing about that whole process psychologically is you both see it and don't see it mm. at the same time. And then you disavow, you deny, you kind of go, no, 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 it's not really happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, I think denial is a massive thing. Mm. Mm. Um yeah, and I'm really interested, like, I'd like to hear what you think about this, because I'm really interested in the sort of psychology of the way climate's communicated. Because mm. there's a climate psychologist who's written a book called What We Think About When We Try Not To Think About Climate Change. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. Per Espen, I can't remember, Stock, Stockness or something? Mm. I think he's Norwegian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And he talks about one of the reasons that our emissions just keep going up is because communication is just not getting through to us. That's right. Um, and a big part of that is the way that it's just painted as doom because we just shut ourselves off from it. It's like all these doom and gloom messages, we're all going to die, it's the end of the world. It doesn't, it doesn't, we just like, no, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to yeah. protect myself. So part of me also thinks that we need to completely revolutionise the way we talk about climate change. It needs to be made more open, more discussed. We can show our our imperfections as environmentalists, as humans. Um, But also just show it as an opportunity. Show it as... Because, you know, we want to improve, so show it as an improvement. Show it as an opportunity to... You know, this, this could be the green industrial revolution. We see, I like that. And I've been playing with the idea, and I'm not sure if I've got the courage to do it, but um, playing with the idea of writing an article called Thank God for Climate Change. Okay. You know, that climate change is bringing us opportunities that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. In terms of personal growth, spiritual growth, 
collective communal sharing you know but I, I might just get, you know, stoned in no, the streets. No, please but... do it. Because <laughs> like... I think what, what makes me, one of the things that makes me so passionate about it is that, you know, not only could we avert this absolute awful catastrophe and all the profound beauty in nature, we're just mm. destroying it for all these trivial, stupid things. <laughs> yeah. But also that it's, it's a massive opportunity for social improvement and for... Um, improving our um, relationship with nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it has a massive, massive yeah. unifying potential because well, it's it's you know well, everything look, on this planet. Is but look affected. at us having this conversation. I mean, we wouldn't have been sat having this conversation. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't be talking about writing a paper together. We no. wouldn't be. You know, we we when I come along to these uh, climate meetings in mm. Bath, I come along and. I'm kind of there to support you, but it's ridiculous because I come along to feel supported myself. Yeah, I it just mm. I think it I think it has the power to bring everyone together. Mm-hmm. You know, all over the world, every well, nation, every gender, every now, race. I'm, I'm with you there, and then people are going to say we're over optimistic. You know, I do say to people, I'm sorry, I'd say like Pollyanna. You know, everything's going to be wonderful. So, so I'm I'm with you. I really mm. get that kind of positive attitude I'm not going to call it optimism though somebody called me an optimist this week and I went back (laughs) and went no I'm not an optimist you completely misunderstood me but I'm not a pessimist either right I can relate (laughs) yeah yeah tell me how you relate to that what what do you make of that well I kind of I think to myself I feel very pessimistic in a lot of things sure but I kind of think pessimism is just really unproductive Mm mm-hmm and, you know, I think it's the bravest thing to have the courage to fight for something without the sh- assurance of a happy ending. Yeah, that's exactly what... And yeah, I just wrote it down. Radical hope and uncertainty. Yeah. Because those... Are, it, absolutely, those are the things that hold us in the middle of all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, if we're going to go, we down, don't go down fighting. Oh, God, I know. I, know. <laughs> I usually say if we're going off a cliff, I'm going down fighting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I just, you know, what better thing to spend your life doing? But what is that? Okay, so you and I, we've just discovered that we both have come to that kind of place. Yeah. What is that in us? I and mean, what is it we've found? Because that is the thing that is keeping you going. Yeah. I think it's about finding meaning mm-hmm. because it's kind of it's the moral thing to do. You know, I studied history at school and I I always thought about, you know, how's history going to look at me? Mm. And and what was happening now? And the only big issue of our time mm. for me is this. Yeah. And I think we'll look back right. at Brexit and all the stupid petty infighting and you know, like what are we doing? What were we doing? I don't know. I think I think finding that place where okay, we know it's going to be bad, but it could be catastrophically awful. What's the right thing to do? Just sit back and watch it unfold, or do something about it. And in in a really weird kind of way, like mm. you said, thank God for climate change. It's <laughs> it's given me direction. Right. You know. Go on. Say more. Because it's interesting. I'm. Um, I've got a lot of interest. Mm. And I, I like doing lots of different things, and I've never really known what I want to do as a career. Right. 
And if, if I were lived in a wonderful world without climate change and environmental breakdown, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I would have to pick. And, but it's just so clear to me, you know, this is the right mm. thing to do. And I really think it not only is the right thing morally to do, mm. um, but also I think it could give me a lot of personal fulfilment. Mm. I found I've met really amazing, diverse range of people, artists, musicians, mm. scientists, like every walk of life. But just really interesting people with just really big-hearted people who also have a sort of profound love for nature mm. Mm. and know that that's the most important thing to them is protecting it. And finding other people with that is such an amazing connection. Mm. Um, and finding a community of people and these communities are now growing. Yeah. And I think my vision is. Or if the world becomes that community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if we engulf the world? Because <laughs> um, within Extinction Rebellion, we've got connect- we're making connections with people all over the world. Yeah. Like with the school strikes, it's just, it just gives me this incredible feeling when I look at a photo yeah. of people doing the exact same thing I am, striking with the climate in Africa, mm. in Asia, mm. ev- everywhere in the world. And it's like, oh my God. I thought I was alone in this. Yeah. I found all these people in my local community, all these people in my country. Oh, wait, it's the entire world. Everyone of my age has this same worry. Yeah. And we can do something about this. Yeah. You know, we've created this issue. Mm. Well, you haven't, really. Humanity. Yeah, yeah, we have, but you haven't. Yeah, but I also kind of... Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't think we... I'm not saying that like, you know, keeping you as a child and going, well, we've got to fix it. I'm not, I'm not saying it like that. No. I think you're part of the solution. But I, I tend to generally say to people under the age of 18, you didn't create this. Because no. you weren't part of that capitalist system in the same way as adults have been. Mm. But we've um, been brought into it and you have. we have a That's responsibility. Sure. But I do, f- I, you know, I feel it's really unjust and ang- I feel angry. Right, I, um, I guess that's what I was kind of wondering, you know, do, how pissed at adults are you? Well... Be honest. I'm very, very angry. Right. But, becoming an adult myself... Yeah. I can understand they've kind of had no choice either. Hmm. You reckon? Because they, they're also in these systems where they have to be making these decisions and making these compromises, and I think it's really hard to find someone to blame. Well, I think those are two separate things. So I'm with you on the not finding someone to blame because I think just that blame is a way of just disempowering yourself, really. Mm. Um, Oh, but I think a lot of people really struggle with the, the shame and the guilt and the grief they feel towards children. Mm. And the world that... A lot of adults have spoken uh, about a lot of grief about the world that they're going to be giving to children as a legacy. Yeah. And how bad they feel. Mm. And I think it's really important for adults to feel that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying feel it in a kind of, you know, masochistic, entirely masochistic way, where that's all you feel and you get stuck with that and you don't do anything else with that. But I, I think it's about responsibility. Yeah. Um, Barack Obama said, "Our children in the future will look back on us, at us and ask, did you do all that you could have done?'" Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think it was in 2013 he said that, and I love that yeah, quote. I've watched just, that speech. It's really it's, amazing. It's just so important, and he's calling people to become adults. Mm. 
Um, and one of the things I've been thinking about quite a lot around this is that, you know, we people may be chronologically grown up, but it doesn't mean they behave like grown ups. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. They sort of behave like, you know, toddlers trashing the planet, you yeah. know, and going, well, I don't care, yeah. you know. Um, but he was always really clear about calling people to grow up and. Chris Robertson in CPA says, no, we don't need to grow up, we need to grow down, you know, we need to kind of get into the depths of things. I think it's something we share, but I also think there's something which um, we have to shoulder slightly differently. And then, but then I think there's stuff we need to do together. Yeah, but I, I also see it as that you've just had a lifetime of doing the things that I've been doing. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and also part of, part of my motivation in a way is... So that I don't feel that guilt when I'm an adult right. towards the next generation. You're being really kind to us. Um, I also always found it really strange how all through school you were being prepared for life. Yeah. And you weren't told that you're living right now, you're doing stuff right now, you are, you're accountable now. Oh, okay. And obviously, you know, as a, as a little kid, they, they can't understand everything and they can't be held accountable for all their their actions and decisions but no i kind of think this blame thing between generations is really unhelpful mm. and i think we should all just be in the now and mm. just be working from now and but do something now it's really weird martha because normally i'm sitting where i'm i'm normally arguing what you're arguing yeah so i'm kind of moving to try and argue the other side <laughs> and i'm kind of I don't know why I'm arguing the other side because I don't actually believe it. So you're no, actually saying I what I would normally say, yeah. but I'm just trying to kind of explore it and see and, and for us to think, is there anything else there that we should be doing slightly differently? I mean, I certainly, you know, in passing, I don't want to kind of overdo it because it's, ugh, but, you know, um, I do want to say sorry to children and young people and say, you know, and, and feel accountable and say, I don't think I have been as good as I could be um, I'm trying to make up for lost time to some extent yeah. you know I'm committed I'm doing everything I can now my research is there and my writing and these things and blah 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 mm. and working with you guys around the school strikes and stuff like that um, and I'm and I know I'm just human and I know it's okay but I also think it's important for me to kind of go oh you know that was the impact of the things I turned a blind eye to or looked away from mm. and because then I can grieve those things you know I can say sorry and you know feel the grief and own it in a grown-up way and move on yeah. I don't want to wallow in it you know I don't want to get stuck in it does that make sense yeah no I really understand that I mean were you have you only become more environmentally engaged later in life? Or? No, I was in my 20s, which was certainly a couple of years ago. Well, I wish. It was way back. No, I used to trek around London on my bike in the mid-1980s. Um, I used to cycle all over London and we would have to, me and my boyfriend at the time, we'd have to cycle, I think it was about 10 miles to find a health food shop that would sell us eco for products. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. you just could not get them. And we, and you couldn't recycle anything, but we were determined to recycle everything. So we used to have to pack it all up on the backs of the bikes and cycle it to the tips and things yeah. like that. So no, why, we were, why are you guilty? I kind of... I. Well, I'm only a bit guilty. Uh, but not, well, no, I think it's important to feel some guilt. Oh, I've caught lots of planes. I've eaten meat. I, oh, maybe it's not all personal guilt, you know. I think it's a collective. 
element. So I think there is collective grief yeah. and collective shame and collective guilt that if I don't take my share of that, then I'm separating myself off from humanity and the collective and the social and the group and the communal and the mm. global, which is what you've just been talking about. Well, I, I kind of think it's really healthy to grieve collectively. Okay. In a sort of holistic, like it will make you feel better. You've got to shed it. Mm. Shed that grief. Right. <laughs> um, in, in London, in the Extinction Rebellion, there was lots of collective grieving mm. and it was really very very raw and powerful mm. and emotional mm. and I also you know we can grieve but there's lots to celebrate still mm. you know mm. I've been watching the David Attenborough's Our Planet stuff yeah. and, you know it's just unbelievable the amazing amazing natural wonders that are on this planet and mm. we've lost you know he says there once was millions of these and you're only seeing two of mm. the most very most endangered um, individuals but you know it's still amazing what we've got let's cherish it and do what we can to yeah to protect it now yeah i agree and isn't that back to the kind of maybe this whole sort of biodiversity crisis climate emergency is bringing us into connection do you know joanna macy's work the work to reconnect well she talks about reconnection because you know we probably were infinitely more connected to the environment a when we were younger and Mm. b you know centuries ago Definitely. Um, and a lot of that's been lost through sort of industrialization, capitalism, mm. you know, etc., etc. We all know the arguments. And that distancing, know. I think, is a lot to blame for mm. why we've adopted these destructive behaviours. I agree. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I think we do need to reconnect. I mean, I, I think this is it's a bit of a minefield because then you get into these sort of stereotypes of the sort of hippie tree hugging. Thing. but I I really think it's so important for people to find that bit of themselves I think they're jealous <laughs> yeah, no. but I I kind of something that worries me about the environmental movement is there's a lot of preaching to the converted right um, and I just it needs to become a mass movement a popular movement when you say the environmental movement what, what do you mean you mean organised groups that already yeah, exist yeah groups yeah I mean I think Extinction Rebellion has definitely sort of reached beyond that now right to an extent um, because it's a very it's a sort of exciting fresh new kind of environmental organisation whereas mm. in the past I just think it's almost like environmentalism is like a hobby or an interest you sort of said that earlier and I didn't completely understand yeah I kind of I, th- I just think some people decide they're going to identify as environmentalist and that's one of their labels and their badges that they want okay. to have about themselves yeah and other people don't want to go there yeah. even though we both have a stake in this they're, they're still completely implicated so I kind of I think it it just needs to become more mainstream and I, it's happening I think people are beginning to care about the environment in a more mainstream way than before um, when you say mainstream, I'm, I'm wondering, do you mean just everywhere as opposed to, you know, acceptable? Because I think this is radical. I, I think what I'm saying with the mainstream thing yeah. is people need to start... Um, I think we need to shed the image of the hippie and the environmentalist and everybody needs to start grappling with these ideas that we've been talking about for so long. Mm. Um, so get people out of those labels and those boxes and try and get 
everybody to sign up to this? Yeah, I mean, mean, of course, we're never going to get everybody to sign up to this because... No, I know. <laughs> we may have to. I mean, it We'd have a hard time. We'd have depends, a hard time. I think, I think it's inevitable, yeah. um, as all the terrible things that are being predicted come true mm. and keeps unfurling, that more and more people are going to wake up. Right, yes, I agree. What do you think is going to happen when they do... Well, I hope mass massive change. Yeah, like what? For example, just everybody having a plant based diet. Right. Mm. Um, I'm very passionate about this particular mm. issue. Mm. I just don't have time for people who eat flesh. Mm. Um, in terms of animal rights, but also environmentally, it's just unbelievably wasteful. Mm. Um, it's one of those things where you know. People sometimes say you should live your life the way you'd like everybody on the planet to live it. Right. And so I kind of think there's certain behaviours that if everybody stopped flying all over the world and started thinking locally, mm. stopped buying fast fashion, mm. stopped... I mean, I think, it's just, I think it's just people's mindsets, like switching from a sort of prioritisation of quite selfish goals in terms of I don't know your own beauty and your own successfulness and your own wealth and and your own image and all this stuff and just kind of go back to the collective mm-hmm. that stuff's so unimportant um I don't know I don't Can know we... what I'm thinking because this is the thing is it's I, I don't have solutions <laughs> and I just kind of I just really believe that we have it in us as a collective mm. All over the world. Think of all this, it, all the knowledge of all the things that humanity has done and achieved. Mm. You know, we can do this. We can figure this shit out. <laughs> you have faith in humanity. Yeah, I do. I have faith in humanity. Yeah. Um, which I think is what keeps me going. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm just, I just feel like I'm banging my head against a brick wall sometimes in terms of like, how do I find the humanity in you humans? <laughs> Where is it? How do I wake up? Because I do think it's in there. Everyone's it's in there for everyone. It's just, I mean, I think a part of me, you know, everyone wants to convert everyone to their way of seeing the world. And I know I can see that, that in myself. That I'm sort of, but I don't know. I think I'm right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> There's a lot in there to think about and take strength from, isn't there? It's uh, intelligent and insightful stuff from Martha Stringer, an activist with the Bath Youth Climate Alliance, talking to Caroline Hickman. And as I say, there was more. So in the next episode, you can hear that conversation take some more incredibly engaging turns, especially when Caroline invites Martha to redesign the national curriculum. Climate Crisis Conversations is produced by the Climate Psychology Alliance in association with Parity Audio. Do get in touch, subscribe and rate us. It all helps. Thanks for listening.